Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Ross, and I am relaunching Three Cocktail Questions, a channel where I and very soon others will speculate and discuss wild and crazy things, like a fox, uh, about all things pop culture. If this is your first time here with me to Three Cocktail Questions, well, welcome. But let me say right up front first that uh, I and my guests will guess on the outcome based on what we've seen uh, and have been presented by official sources. We have no insider information and we're not seeking any. What I mean by official is like, say, uh, an official trailer is released. We will compare that new piece of information to other information related to that subject, included to, but not limited to, shows, books, movies, etc. Sometimes we'll reference other creators of content related to the subject. And if we do, we will provide uh, the credit due to that show and or its creator. And that's very important to us here at Three Cocktail Questions to do so. See, some of these creators can spend weeks of their own time and money researching and testing what they perceive to be an accurate statement simply for the love of the subject matter. Uh, uh, not to provide them the credit they deserve is simply rude and wrong. And speaking of deserved, I'm excited to announce that my friend Ken Knapsack has written a book, and it's available for pre-release entitled, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Let me also say that this is not paid, uh, paid sponsorship, but just a way for me to say thank you to Mr. Knapsack, who encouraged me and a great many others to just pick up a mic and start recording. Uh, please go to Amazon.com and look for Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away, and buy three copies, one Kindle version and two paperback versions. By the way, that's how I buy books now, and here's why. See, the Kindle version lets me get that book as soon as it's released, and I can start to read that and absorb what the author is telling me. Then I get two physical copies. One, that lets when I'm at a convention or meetup situation, I can go meet the author and get them to sign that one. By the way, I am more likely to leave a better impression with that author if I've got the material ready at hand than having to buy it right there. And then finally, my third copy is my dog-eared copy. Uh, that's the one where you'll uh, highlight, underline, make notes, etc. Uh, please go support Ken Knapsack, who's been a pillar in this pop culture space for a very long time, and now it's time for us to pay back. And speaking of payback, we're going to be discussing some Game of Thrones uh a speculation today. That's the big thing on everybody's mind right now. Uh, besides Infinity War, which we'll get to in a little while, uh, everybody's really excited about the six episodes of Game of Thrones. And why do we only need six? Well, I kind of think Bran is the big reason why we only need six. Uh, I think that Bran's going to be doing a lot of exposition in the first episode. We're going to do a lot of come to Moseses with uh, John and Daenerys and a whole lot of information that's going to be uh, processed and where everybody's at now in the universe. Uh, everybody meeting everybody, reunions taking place, etc. And then Jamie's going to come to to Winterfell. And that dynamic is going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of people. Um, and it is my... Uh, ultimately, we, uh, as we do these speculations, as I've done in the past with uh, here and other places, like when Ken Knapsack used to have uh, a show called Daily Thrones, now called Casterly Talk, um, we used to talk about uh, Jamie and Winterfell and could they survive, etc. Well, at some point, you go back and forth with some speculation, but just like if you were in Monte Carlo or Las Vegas or even Canto Bight, you got to put your money on the table. You got to make your final bets. And that's kind of what these are going to be. These are my final speculation of thoughts on certain subjects. One of those will be Jamie will die at Winterfell. Um, Jamie dies at Winterfell. 
because it completes the arc of heroism for Jamie. Uh, Jamie, for uh, a very long time, has felt incredibly guilty about how other people have perceived him the entire time. Remember the very first time we meet we meet um, Tywin Lannister. He's chastising his son Jamie about how not to let people not be bothered by how people perceive him. What's the difference? We are Lannisters, right? Why should we as lions concern ourselves of how the sheep feel? Okay, we run this game. We are who we are. I need you to step up today, not tomorrow, not next week, today, and be that guy. Be my son. Do your job. You know, I've always said in the past that uh, Tywin Lannister is the Belichick of the of the Game of Thrones universe. We'll talk about more about uh, Tywin a little while a little while later with some uh, little finger stuff. That's a little tease for later on. But in the meantime, let's get back to Jamie dying at Winterfell. Uh, the official trailer shows Jamie in black armor. He's not in gold shiny armor anymore. It's almost like he's left his privilege behind and begot to begin to understand his real role in the universe. Uh, the white at the initial meeting with all the powers coming together really crystallizes for most people with a rational thought in the same way that practical magic rationalized for um, Stannis Baratheon, that magic is real. Okay. Uh, the, um, that this threat is not storybook. This is not something that is there. You could, you could write off, to some extent, the scientific aspects of animating a dead body with Kyburn, because it's science, because Jamie can go down to the lab, he can pick up the bottles, he can he can look at the tubes, he can see Kyburn's knowledge in his maester's chain. In a in a very linear way, you can see where science and learning with a with a with a super genius like Kyburn could actually animate a dead body. That's how Jamie I perceived. Jamie to see the mountain as would others. But to actually see a a functional skeleton burst out of a box, run at the woman he loves, and about to tear her limb from limb, crystallizes in Jamie's mind, I have no choice. Even if I'm the most selfish person in the whole wide world, there's a woman I love who is her Cersei Lannister. I have to save her. I have to save humanity. I have to save the living. I will do our part by going to Winterfeld, by going to the wall and fighting for the living. This is what Jamie has always wanted his entire life. He wants his story written in the book, the book that lets him know that his life mattered. And this is what this is why Jamie will die at Winterfell. But how will he die is the speculation. See, Winterfell gives us gives the show a, a lot of excuses to eliminate a lot of the secondary characters because in a very realistic kind of way, the secondary characters would be gone. You know, we uh, we'll we'll go back. We're going to go deep, do a very deep dive into the actual battle and how I think things are going to go uh, again, but. Uh, this big one really takes place on revenge, particularly from the Starks. And you're really going to like this one because I don't think anybody's really gone into into any depth with this one. I've looked and, and researched. I haven't found anybody that's come up with this one. Uh, and if they have and I've missed it, please correct me politely. But I think this one's mine. Uh, Jamie's going to die at Winterfeld at the hands of Ned Stark and Catelyn Stark. Saving Bran from the Night King. That's right. 
we don't have Miss, we don't have Lady Stoneheart. We have Mr. and Mrs. Starkheart. Let me explain my thinking. There's been a lot of speculation of late big picture that the Night King is somehow Stark related. That's one of the things we'll be talking about in the next few days about how I honestly believe that the Night King is part of the Starks. You'll see, so you can, you can do your own research initially about how some of that, how some, I think you will go about, uh, go about that thinking. And then my, you'll hear my interpretations of it. But generally speaking, I believe most of us are right. Who are in that space that the Night King was a, uh, a member of the Night's Watch, who was a Stark, who fell in love with the uh, with the uh, the Night's Queen, and started that process moving forward. Uh, but Jamie's going to die because someone with Stark blood on the outside of the castle is going to raise all the Starks from inside the crypts to start killing everybody on the inside. But Jamie is going with Brienne is go- as the as the as we see from the tra- uh, the trailer. The undead are beginning to swarm the walls, just like they did at Helm's Deep, right? Um, they're going to swarm the walls, get inside, and Winterfell is a massive structure. But remember, every single time somebody dies on the outside, like, say, an Unsullied or uh, one of the Dothraki uh, screamers, they're going to get raised back up. The animals are going to get raised back up, the horses, etc., and so forth, right? Every single time the night we lose somebody, the Night King picks up somebody, okay? It gets very, very scary very, very quickly. So they're going to be falling back further and further and further into the situation, uh, into the castle, towards the courtyard. Bran's going to be doing his part as much as he possibly can. By It is my guess that he's going to try to warg into the actual dragon that the Night King is riding and trying to shake him off, do those things, allowing the other two dragons and Bran to do what they possibly can about eliminating the, uh, the Night King's version of that nuclear threat. Right, eliminating one of them from the battlefield completely. I think we're going to lose one of our dragons again. We're going to take out the other dragon, leaving one left, because um, we need to. Right? We just we just can't have all these dragons run around because it makes the story, you know, a little weak. But so we got to start taking these things out. But anyway, so um, I believe that uh, there's going to be a call to fall back and to protect everyone, and. We see a shot of Arya running through the hallway. Now, it has been speculated over and over that Arya is probably in one of two places. She's either going to be in King's Landing or she's at Winterfeld. Well, I think she's at both. But the shot that we see her in currently is at uh, where she's running down the hallway and she's got uh, a dragon glass dagger in her hand, but her Valerian steel dagger on her side. And she's be- and she's got a big bash on her on her. Uh, uh, right side of her face, almost like a big bruise, you know, a ble- big bloody smack. I think she's running away and she's terrified. She's seen something she's never seen before in her life. What could possibly scare a faceless assassin who has scrubbed dead bodies, learned to remove their faces, placed them on, killed you know, uh, the entire free clan? What could possibly scare Arya to death? Well, I happen to believe what's chasing her. And if you look at the at the at the images of Arya running past, you see a man on her on her uh, right on her left hand side. I'm sorry, on her right hand side, left hand side from our perspective, and a person with long white hair on her on her left hand side, right to us. That I believe that's a woman, and who I believe is chasing her are Ned and Catelyn Stark. 
her mother and her father. That is something that has blown Arya's mind. And she does not want to kill her mother and her father. So she is running for her life out of the uh, what would be the the interim level from the crypts to the top uh, to the top courtyard, bringing her, uh, her parents with her. That's what I think is happening. But ultimately, we're all going to have to fall back on Jamie and Bran. Uh, and it would be very poetic that Jamie, who ha- who pushed Bran out the window in the first place, is the one that actually saves Bran's life uh, by either taking a, uh, a sword or or stopping a bunch of uh, whites, or e- uh, or even having Ned and Catelyn killing the person who pushed their son out the window in the first place. Very meta. So you have a Night King who's a Stark, who's being and Jamie's being killed by the parents the undead parents of the boy he pushed out the window, who's now the Night King, who's now the Three-Eyed Raven, who's going to save everyone from the army of the undead. It's very circular. It's very full circle. I'm calling, you know, I'm, I'm dubbing the Mr. and Mrs. Uh, uh, Starkart. Okay. I believe those two are the ones that, that actually get the revenge for the Starks against the Lannisters with Jamie. Uh, I believe they ultimately get destroyed, and uh, Jamie will ultimately end up dying in um, Brienne's arms. But during this process, uh, Bran is going to give the revelation once again that it was he speaking through the Mad King to tell Jamie to burn them all the first time, which goes to Plan B. Some of you have heard about my Plan B theory on the on the site before. You can go back and research it here again. I'm going to do another update on Plan B uh, uh, once again and the destruction of King's Landing. But right now, it is my firm belief that Jamie Lannister dies at the hands of Ned Stark and Kathleen Stark, saving Bran from the Night King and the Army of the Undead. I truly hope you've enjoyed this speculation. I truly hope you come back to my channel. I truly hope that you uh, like, share, tell your friends about this. And once again, go ahead and pick up Ken Knapsoft's book, um, uh, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away on Amazon. Please pick up three copies, one Kindle and two paperback versions, the way that I buy physical media now. Uh, And thank you all again. Uh, None of this would be possible without all of you. Uh, soon I'll be having uh, other guests come on. I'll have some actual merchandise that are in place, uh, three cocktail questions themed, uh, and I'll be doing some other really big things coming to the channel in the very, very near future. And all of this would not be possible without the support of all of you. Uh, at some point I may put up a Patreon, but that's not needed at this time. Uh, so uh, why bother? Uh, I'm very proud of all of you. I'm very proud of all my friends uh, that have encouraged me to, to make this happen. And once again, let's all do what uh, folks out there have done for a very long time. Let's speculate responsibly, but do it with kindness and a little love in our hearts. Thank you once again, everyone. This is uh, Kevin Ross and your three cocktail questions.